Hey everybody, welcome into the BSN Draft Podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. As always, I am your host, Henry Chisholm, joined by Andre Simone, who is also your host. We have two hosts on this show, but I have the read set up for the Buffs Podcast and I don't change it for two hosts. There um, you go. Before we get into the draft stuff, I want to tell you about the delicious certified gluten-free breads, bagels, English muffins, and other baked goods that are made right here in Johnstown, Colorado. Uh, Canyon Bakehouse's gluten, dairy, nut, and soy-free products make it easy for families to enjoy the taste and texture of fresh bread so everyone can love bread again. Find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle, or purchase online and visit canyonglutenfree.com to grab a coupon. All right. How's it going, Andre? Doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Lots of buff stuff going on. I was binging some college football so that I'd have something to say. Mm. Since, All right. you know, on Saturdays, I'm a little bit busy. You are. That damn full-time job of yours is really getting <laughs> in the way, job. huh? Yeah, I'm starting to see why AJ, somebody with no football ties was doing this because he has his Saturdays free. It's but true. It's worth it because I do need to know what is going on around college football. Yeah. And now I sort of do. We're a few weeks into this. And it still allows you to talk about Broncos, which was kind of your baby. Uh, it was. It you was. Know, you were an integral member of the team. Not going to lie, though. Talking Broncos right now, not as fun as it has been in the past. You got any takes to get off your chest? Uh, Garrett Bowles is bad. Yeah, he's bad. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's kind of the story of the season. Yeah. You know, they were talking about on the Broncos podcast, like if Garrett Bowles is better, do the Broncos start two and zero? Are there, or, or maybe it was like they're two, three plays away, and you know, I don't think you put it all on Garrett Bowles. I don't think Garrett Bowles alone. I think you could make the argument if you had an upgrade on both Bowles and Yadam. They could very easily be 2-0. I two think and that's o. where they went. Bulls like, and That's Adam. the combo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you could see it. Bryce Callahan's coming back soon, hopefully. Oh, gosh. Let's Todd hope. Davis, your guy. Bam Bam Davis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're a big fan of him. Oh, yeah. Um, I love uh, two down run thumpers in uh, 2019 yeah. in, the, in the modern game. That's what I want. But the alternative is Corey Nelson. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's probably enough of that. Kind of <laughs> sucked the energy out of the room with some Broncos talk. Um, we killed the momentum of our pod in a, we really did. In a minute. That's um, an all-timer. Good for us. We did. We have broken a new record. We didn't do it, though. The Broncos did. What were we supposed mm. to say? Joe Flacco, above average. Yeah, I think he's been good. There you go. There's some something to be excited about. I think about. you get to third and long now and you feel like, oh, we're not completely doomed. True. He has he has that kind of ability. Cortland Rotten Cortland Sutton, not wow, Cortland Cortland Sutton will run either a seven or a nine. He looks and, good. Yeah. Oh no, he looks really good. I mean, it's what's good. he averaging? 80, 90 yards per game, somewhere around there. And it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, I think he had like a buck twenty week one and like forty week two. So yeah, 80? that's yep. There yeah, you go. There we go. Sixty total and that's solid. Average of eighty. It and sure it doesn't is. feel like he's played. It's kind of like all a that quiet well. eighty. Exactly. Yeah. Once they start going downfield, sure. That's they'll that. they'll take off. Establish the run a little good. more. Yep. Sanders looks great. And it all comes back to the offensive line, obviously, because like. Yeah. You have the weapons. You have mm-hmm. a couple guys who are pretty mm-hmm. good. 
just can't get him the ball because there's no time. And uh, yeah, Garrett it's a toughie. Garrett Bowles again. Bulls. Is where we yeah. keep coming back to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's time to talk some college football, though. And as always, we are starting off by talking about the winners of week three. Uh, people whose draft stock is rising. And the first one we want to talk about, LaVisca Chenault. You know, yes. what did you see from him, Andre? I just thought it was a much better game where they got him involved more often. He's running a few more routes. Yep. Uh, showing that ability to separate with more regularity, which is something we wanted to see. It is. Showing a more complete route tree. So checking off those two key boxes. I admittedly was just a smidge down on him after his first two performances. I think he'd have to be. He- yeah, right. I mean, not that it made me question whether or not he was an elite talent or a top five Mm -hmm. worthy prospect in this class. But I thought he, you know, in a loaded wide receiver class, he didn't do himself any favors. No, he didn't. And it's worth noting that he was double covered. And and Mm -hmm. so, like, obviously that plays into how you evaluate players is how other teams treat them. And obviously opposing defensive coordinators have a lot of respect for LaVisca Chenault. But if the options are seeing that or see him go for 120 yards, you've got to take seeing him go for 120 yards, you know? Yeah. And uh, we finally saw that. That was a fine game. And, you know, those 120 could have easily been... Close to 200 if Montez hits him on that go route where, That's true. you know. That's true. He was like wide open by 10 yards, outrun the coverage by 10 yards, and Montez overthrew him by another 10. Yeah. I mean, the story came out today on Bleacher Report, did like a big feature on him. And I think in the headline, the quote was, he's like a bigger Julio Jones. Julio is a comp I've made of him for a while. I've always said he's kind of a mix of Julio and Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. The way that Fitzgerald can play inside, outside, strong hands, you know, uh, can still be reliable underneath, but still a big play option like Julio. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, Mel said in the story, like, he is the fastest player on the team. Not what you expect for somebody who's 6'2", 225. No. Built like an edge rusher, essentially. Okay, that's probably enough LaVisca Chenault talk. Played well, looked good, great, great uh, checked stuff. a couple boxes we wanted him to check. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, J.K. Dobbins. I think maybe my biggest riser through three... I mean, I guess there would be others, but he's among the biggest risers. Yep. Uh, the Ohio State running back, he had another phenomenal week. This guy just can't be contained. He's a big play machine. I think he fits in perfectly to the modern NFL because he's not just, you know, he can run between the tackles outside. He can be an option as a receiver. Uh, This guy's going to have a long, fruitful NFL career uh, built just like nobody's business, you know. Yeah. Muscular lower body, tough to bring down. Um, he's really impressed me, and I think he's firmly in my top twenty right now as the yeah, third yeah, best think, running back in the draft. I think so. I, I I like that take. I do like that take. Who are the two you have in front of him? You know, I'm very partial to um, DeAndre Swift and Travis Etienne. So, 
No Jonathan Taylor. No Jonathan Taylor. We keep. Uh, uh, I I don't. I mean, the the one thing about Jonathan Taylor is he's helped himself a lot too. Worth mentioning. Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah. But he he reminds me just a little bit of Monte Ball, mm. like that Wisconsin. You don't like that. Like incredible numbers, puts up the touchdown numbers. Yep. You look at him, and you're like, well, he is just so productive, and. It's it's not really fair to Jonathan Taylor just because mm-hmm. he is so productive and comes from Wisconsin that that's where my mind goes. Yeah, but that's really like the only thing I don't like about his game. Uh, but yeah. we're are we going to talk about him more later? That's always been the concern with those Wisconsin running backs, yeah. though. And I mean, aside from Melvin Gordon, none really worked out. And even Melvin Gordon, you know, he's looked good. He hasn't played all that much. You know, now he's looking for a trade and. You know, the Chargers know that they won't have him, that he won't be playing for them, and they still can't find any takers that are going to give him something worth That's crazy. moving on from for. Like, that's... It, it's got to be tough to be Melvin Gordon at this point. You know, just knowing that nobody's willing to, to, to make a move for you, that you're I mean, not worth it after having, like, the numbers that he's put up when he's been healthy. It's just tough being a running back in this day and age, man. It is. It's tough. It is. And just finding a team that's willing to give up picks and money for a running back, that's just so rare. Yeah. Feel for the guy. Doesn't look like it's working. I suppose I do too. Yeah. um, Poor guy. Poor Chargers. Poor Chargers. Um, And Um, yeah, it's opened up the door for Austin Eckler. And he's looked good. Gotta love that. I wonder who who discovered him, Andre? Uh, some, Some guy. Some guy. Some guy. Some, Some guy dude. on his couch. Yeah. <laughs> um, C.D. Lamb, wide receiver from Oklahoma. Yeah, I think, I mean, against UCLA, he didn't do anything too spectacular. I don't think thing. we've talked about him enough. Lost in kind of all J- our Jalen Hurts love yep. has been that C.D. Lamb has been absolutely unbelievable um, in this early part of the year. I've seen some OBJ comps because he's that kind of like oh, you have no business catching that sideline pass, but he can extend and make the ridiculous one-handed yep. grab. He's so physical, though. He has an element of size and physicality that Beckham Jr. doesn't have. Like, Seriously. I mean, he's... There are just so many receivers. That's what it comes back to, mm-hmm. is that I don't even know what you do. Or if if you're sitting there with a the third pick and you need a receiver, do you take Jerry Judy? Or you do you trade down to 15, take the fourth best receiver right. on the board and pick up another high draft pick? You know, it'll be interesting to yeah. see how the draft actually plays out because I could see them all falling a little bit just because there are so many options. Right. Yeah, that's I mean, a good point. And it's easy to say like there are seven or eight who are first round talents. Do they drop just because teams may not need receivers yeah. and there are so many, the value for each of them goes down. Teams start trading down. He's moved up on my board from eighth to fourth. Really? And now Visca, Jerry, Judy, and Lamb are all in my top five. Okay. What Can we run through those top eight for you now? Where do they stand? Sure. I still have Tua Tagovailoa first. Chase Young, the phenomenal edge rusher from Ohio State, second. Jerry Judy, third. C.D. Lamb, fourth. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, small, but in a sense, seismic shift for me because yep. of my love for LaVisca Chenault, who is now fifth on my board. 
AJ Epinesa is then sixth. Kind of rising for him. Grant Delpit is next. Seventh on my board. Dropped just a smidge. He did. Needs to improve the tackling. Don't love to see that secondary get lit up by guys like Sam Ellinger in Texas. Um, DeAndre Swift is then eighth. The Georgia running back. His teammate, Andrew Thomas, the left tackle for the Dogs, is ninth. And to round out, oh, you just asked me for the top eight. Well, well I'm giving ten. you the top yeah, ten. Makes more sense. Tristan Wirfs, the Iowa offensive tackle, who's had to play much more left tackle because of an injury they've had, is now tenth. Huh. So two nice targets at offensive tackle for the Broncos in that top ten now. All right. I like it. So you have a running back in the top ten. Does that mean that you'd be willing to draft a running back in the top ten? Not if I was the Broncos, but yeah, if the situation presented itself, yeah, absolutely. You know, because there's been that debate, like, do you, I mean, some teams Mm -hmm. still stand by, you don't Mm -hmm. even take a running back in the first round just Mm -hmm. because, you know, they're pretty cheap to find. Yeah. They don't last long. Right. I mean, I would, I, and now not all running backs are created equal. True. Melvin Gordon, who's just more of a bell cow inside the tackles runner, no, I don't think he's worth a, that kind of a high pick. A guy like Swift, who can be an impact player in all areas as a receiver as well, and you know, I've compared him to Ladanian Tomlinson. Yep. Yeah, I think that's a guy you you draft in the top ten, and you can kind of build your offense around a dude like that. And he makes your quarterback better. He makes your offensive line better. He opens up space for your tight ends and wide receivers. So he really can impact and upgrade the entire offense and those are the guys that we've seen be drafted as running backs mm-hmm. early yep it's Ezekiel been Elliott and Christian McCaffrey Saquon yep. Barkley yep yep yeah and honestly like Zeke might even be the least of these recent top 10 pick running backs like he still does have the hands but he is still primarily used more as that between the tackles they could type guy. use him more as a receiver they yeah, could for sure but, I mean, with that offensive line, why waste it on... Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, ground and pound, you can do that. But they do always have that option. And, you know, I mean, we're seeing guys like Phil's being used more in the passing game. True. Eckler, who we mentioned already, um, his impact is massive in the receiving game. Well, and now he's showing that he can run the football, too. And that changes everything. Inside zone, outside zone, he's a beast. Yeah, because it used to be you see Austin Eckler out there and you think, okay, good chance they're passing. Right. Now when you can catch teams off guard and he can be a productive runner... You, you don't know. Do you put a linebacker on the field to match up with him? Do you put a safety on there? Like, how do you how do you defend him in the running game and the passing game? And I really think that that's why he's kind of exploded in Melvin Gordon's absence. Totally. And, I mean, it just it creates mismatches for you. It does. Which, I mean, that's what modern football is all about is finding mismatches and exploiting them. And, uh, yeah, he's he's doing that for sure. And, and that's why he's such a valuable asset. One team that has many easy mismatches that <laughs> yeah. are uh, pretty simple to exploit. Here, here. Uh, Najee Harris. Skip to that. Running back from Alabama. Yeah, a guy who had so much hype coming into college and uh, had himself a game against South Carolina. I'm sure many of you have seen that highlight run where he's like, Jukes one guy, jumps over another, and trucks a third one. It's just it's... wild. Um, and only rush for 36 yards on just seven carries. 
but did have five receptions for 87 yards and two touchdowns. So, And yeah. that's interesting to me. And we're going to get into a little more Arizona State talk later, but that's something that we've seen from Eno Benjamin as well. Mm-hmm. You know, behind that offensive line that took a big step backward this year, they've been forced to get him the ball in ways other than just handing it off and letting him run up the middle. Right. They've they've had to throw the ball to him instead. Yeah. And is is that what you're seeing from Alabama? Why is he not getting more carries? Why isn't you know, he running the ball between the tackles? It was weird. They ran it a total of 25 times in that game, despite being up a bunch and no back had more than eight carries in that game. Strange. So odd. Very un-Alabama it of is. them. But hey, when you've got the receivers that they have, who cares? Yeah. Then I mean, Harris is 230 pounds. The guy's straight yoked up and he's breaking off big runs like this. He's athletic enough to hurdle guys in the open field. He's an absolute freak starting to live up to that lofty hype he had coming in as a recruit. And I mean, in a class of running backs who I've mentioned before, I think is a uh, underrated and getting a little lost in all our quarterback and wide receiver talk. These running backs are really making a name for themselves, and Najee Harris is another name you need to add to that list. All right, I will do that. Uh, now, Javon Kinlaw, the mm. uh, inside defensive lineman from South Carolina. Yeah, so this guy, uh, we we got a taste of why he's been talked about for a couple years right now, the interior defensive lineman for the Gamecocks, who, by the way, would look really nice in Denver. Yeah. Because we're struggling to create pass rush. Uh, He did have a nice sack against Alabama in their vaunted offensive line. This guy's 6'6", 310 pounds. Massive, right? Length for days. Yeah. Bats balls like it's nobody's business. Great bull rush. But really what stands out is his wiggle. His ability to beat guys with his first step and get in the backfield, it's insane. Now, he's raw. He can be inconsistent. Motor can run a little hot and cold. Uh, Sometimes uh, he needs to develop some counter moves and what have you to really unlock that full potential. But this is a guy who I really think the sky is the limit and should definitely be on the radar for for the Broncos and Broncos fans when watching South Carolina because he's just scratching the surface. All right. Um... Another guy that could be on the radar or on the radar for Broncos fans, uh, Austin Jackson, the left tackle from USC. I'm not sure why no one's talking about the junior offensive tackle out of USC, uh, former top 50 recruit. He's had a really nice start to the season. Who'd they beat week two before they lost to BYU? We talked about that whole um, game in full. We did. Oh, they beat Stanford? No, right, they beat Stanford. 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 He was voted Pac-12 Offensive Lineman of the Week. Yep. Um, I'm a dude, voter. Get out. I gave him my vote. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Well done. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> I'm jealous right now. Um, yeah, I might need some help with some of these. Best know, Offensive Lineman. Yeah, you I know think, where to find me, buddy. Well, and the crazy thing when you're voting for these is that, like, I think I think it was USC or Stanford, one of the two, they always start by talking about like the guy's major and like talking about like off field stuff. You're like, who, who cares about this? <laughs> because, because it's the SIDs that like nominate a player for each award and oh. then you get to pick whoever they nominate. And so oh, they'll, they'll write like a blurb. It'll be, he, he has this GPA from Stanford USC. You're like, well, 
Come on. I'm not. That's not even a tiebreaker. Hank's like, give me the bench press and the 40 time. I don't care exactly. about the GPA, exactly. baby. Exactly. Um, but this guy has all the natural talent in the world. You watch him against BYU. They had a touchdown in the end zone. And him and the left guard are double teaming. And they just, I mean, you and I could have scored the touchdown. Yeah. They just opened up a um, a highway. Yeah, thank you. Um, And so as a run blocker, he's got a ton of talent. He's got all the length and athleticism you want as a pass rusher. He just becomes more consistent. And the national media is going to pick up on his talent. And, um, you know, I think about Caleb McGarry, the right tackle from Washington, Mm -hmm. who went to the Atlanta Falcons late in the first round. Sadly, is... um, injured uh to start the season for the falcons which is a big blow for them i think he's already better than what mcgarry was last year any plays on the left side and has more appealing like upside and natural tools which you gotta like he's also a really interesting kid in the off season his sister needed surgery and he donated his bone marrow I don't have my notes um, on that, but so really interesting character guy. Sounds like a really good yeah, see, dude. Like that's too. kind of stuff that gets into the award voting, <laughs> like legitimately. I'll, 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 I'll take a clip for uh, next please week and do. we can talk about oh, it. Oh yeah, please do. Um, so yeah, he's every year there's one or two Pac-12 guys that the national media hasn't quite picked up on, and they they pick up on them like by week 10 or so i'm usually good at identifying those guys i think austin jackson is that dude this year huh yeah i like it yeah and we're gonna get a chance to see him here i know i'm excited yeah me too yeah so um, live scouting we will also get a chance to see uh michael Pittman, the yes. uh receiver from usc big boy Big, big boy. big boy. BYU found out about that with the two yeah. touchdowns he scored. Though, of course, uh, they got the final laugh there. But, um, no, he had himself a game uh, lost in the shuffle of all these talented wide receivers. Uh, our guys like Pittman or Colin Johnson out of Texas, who I know we've talked about on the show before. Um, he's impressive, man. He's impressive. A bit of a one-trick pony. You know, he's that yep. big body contested catch guy. But, hey, there's a lot of guys who make a healthy living – in the NFL by just being that big body uh, contested catch guy in the NFL. They do. Um, getting back to the tackles, uh, Lucas Nyang, right tackle from TCU. Yeah, he's played some right and left. I think he's playing right right now. People are really high on him, but, you know, with the Garrett Bowles talk that we had to open the show, we... Uh, We'll be talking about tackles we will be talking quite a, a bit, fam, on this uh, podcast throughout the year. I think it's our our duty. What other positions do you think that we will talk about? I think receivers have to be in there. Yep. Um, so maybe to less of an extent than we thought going into the season. Yeah. Linebacker has to be in there. Linebacker has to be interior defensive line. Interior, right. I really think in the trenches, offensive tackle and defensive tackle is what we need to be, you know, and it's a three, four. So you don't have a true defensive tackle. You have a five yeah. technique and a zero technique, whatever. It's an interior down lineman. Yeah. You know, um, what do you, what do you, th- what do you think about cornerback? Cornerback? I think has to be in that. Mix. I think so. Because right now, I mean, coming back next year, they have Isaac Yadam and they have Bryce Callahan. Right. And then like Devonte Bosby and yeah. Duke something. 
Duke Dawson. Duke Dawson. You know, Duke Dawson. Yeah. If if they bring back Chris Harris, I still think you look at drafting a mm-hmm. cornerback because you kind of need to have three guys there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. That's the modern NFL for you. You don't have three cornerbacks, you're going to be in trouble. And I mean, that's how they won Super Bowl Fifty was with three reliable cornerbacks. True. And yeah, yeah with Jackson being basically a safety full time. Yeah, you kind of need that, and Callahan's health is going to be a big part of this. I mean, how many yeah. games will he finally play in this regular season? We got to see that. You do, and that's that was a knock on him coming to Denver, mm-hmm. and that's what's so mm-hmm. frustrating because no matter how well he plays, at this point it kind of looks like bad contract. You know, yeah. he's not seeing oh, yeah. the field anyway. Oh, you, yeah. you can't invest in those guys. It's a risk, and so far that risk is kind of biting them. Uh, but back to Niang, back to a Niang. guy who's really high on draft boards, has length for days. To me, a bit of a sloppy body. I don't mm. love my tackles to have sloppy bodies, you don't? especially in a zone blocking scheme. <laughs> what sort of bodies do you like your tackles to have, Andre? Yeah, I'd like the, you know, like the the Garrett Bowles body. You know, nice and. Nice and clean, some like skinny a, legs. Like a well, no, no, I'd prefer more muscular legs. <laughs> I've always said he's a bit light in the pants, you know. Um, that is a great way to explain uh, it because they like do kind of sag a little. Well, there next you go. Time, well, next time you're watching Garrett Bowles, just check out his legs. There's the outfit specifically breakdown. from behind. Just, it's a strange. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, oh, wow. it's a different look. You know, some guys are really bulky. You know, Carson Lee. I think he's a. He's a center from Cherry Creek High School uh-huh. playing for the Buffs next year. Look at you. Oh, oh I know. I know my <laughs> Buff stuff. Uh, he, uh, You look at his legs, and my goodness, is he thick. Like His legs probably three times as wide as Garrett Bowles' legs. Crazy. And he's a center. He isn't as tall. Yeah. He's also like 18, is what you're telling me. Also, he is nine years younger. Oof. Maybe 10. Yeah. He might still be 17. Uh, Garrett Bowles' age always gets me. So <laughs> this has turned into another Garrett Bowles <laughs> podcast. So anyways, you don't mean to do this. Niang's upside as a pass protector is really intriguing. We're going to keep more of an eye on TCU as the year goes on. They haven't had any primetime matchups thus far, uh, but definitely keep him in mind. It is quietly a nice little offensive tackle class. This On offense, we're just yeah. checking off all the boxes. Yeah, running backs, quarterbacks, receivers. Tackles. Tackles. Yeah. Beautiful. Not much for interior offensive line. That's what fine. about tight ends? Tight ends, decent class. Uh quietly some guys are rising. Um pack twelve guys. Yep. A hundred percent. Yeah. Starting with Colby Parkinson. Hunter Bryant from Washington's really yep. intriguing. Um Jake Breland is the Oregon guy. He's got some talent too. So there's definitely some guys um at, at tight end as well. Um Oh, I'm blanking on the Vanderbilt guy to to just go away from the Pac-12 for a second. Jared Parkey. Yep. I probably butchered that name. But anyways, he's an intriguing tight end as well. So yeah, you've got some talent at tight end as well. All right. Yeah, it's a great class for offense. This, it is. This is rare. So uh, better load up. Maybe maybe the Miami Dolphins. Uh, have <laughs> that's where we were going. Here. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, quarterback Zach Wilson from BYU. Yeah, 2021 guy um, getting some Manziel comps. He threw a gorgeous touchdown. Why would you ever make the Manziel comp? Like, like I, mean, they're, they're, I was never a Manziel fan, but mm-hmm. you know he, he was exciting. Like, yeah. but there's got to be guys like him who 
who don't have all the red flags. Because when you think Manziel, the, you don't think like, oh yeah, fun college quarterback, fast, good good deep ball. You know, like it isn't just like splashy. It's also psycho. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, I don't suppose. know. I don't know. Should we uh, call him Mormon Manziel? That's um, unfair. I mean, not I everyone who goes to BYU is even Mormon, you know? Yeah, you don't have to be. It's true. It's not a you requirement. Just have to, they just have rules that you act like a Mormon. <laughs> okay, we can move on to uh, Chase <laughs> yes. Young, the edge rusher from Ohio Dude, State. Yeah, we. it's amazing how he's a top five talent. He's been dominating, and we've barely talked about him three weeks yep. in. But he's been because we expected dominant, it. dude. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. We have expected it. And Ohio State's looked unbelievable. I mean, you know, J.K. Dobbins looks yep. great. Justin Fields has looked great. Chase Young is dominating. Their DBs have been really good. Um, yeah, there's a lot to get excited about if you're a Buckeye fan. And Chase Young has definitely been a stud and, uh, you know, confirmed all the top three hype he had coming into this year. All right. We are going really long on this first segment. So we're oh. going to finish this off rapid fire. I'm going to give you a name. You give me 15 seconds of takes, okay? Okay. Uh, Curtis Weaver, edge rusher, Boise State. Having a great season, second in the country with second seven tackles for a loss. Lots of power, really intriguing talent. Uh, Kenny Wilkes, another edge rusher, this one from Michigan State. Killing it. Was dominant against Arizona State. Great on stunts, rushing inside as well. He is third in the country with six and a half tackles for a loss. He's having a big year. All right. Tyler Johnson, receiver from Minnesota. One of the winners from the week. Uh, another of these talented wide receivers we haven't talked about enough because there's so many. Ten receptions, 140 yards, two touchdowns. Had himself a great week. Evan Weaver. Linebacker from California. Well, that Cal defense is tremendous. Weaver's kind of bigger. Love his instincts. Love what he can do getting downhill. But I tell you, did a decent job in coverage as well. Not just underneath, but can back it up, cover some ground. Really like how he started off the year. All right. Another guy from California. Uh, safety Ashton Davis. That defense is for real. Davis is quietly one of the premier defensive talents in the country. Hammer coming downhill, but can cover a lot of ground sideline to sideline. Want to see a little more of that true range, but this is a, a beast of a blitzer. Great uh, helping out against the run, so on and so forth. All right. Those are our risers for this week. Um, just to run through them again, LaVisca Chenault, J.K. Dobbins, C.D. Lamb, Javon Kinlaw, Najee Harris, Austin Jackson, Michael Pittman, uh, Zach Wilson, Lucas Nyang, Chase Young, Curtis Weaver, Kenny Wilkes, Tyler Johnson, Evan Weaver, Ashton Davis. That's a lot of names. Well done. We did. We we went through a lot of players, and that's why this first segment's taking so long. And uh, I think it's time to talk just a little bit. There are certain words Ryan doesn't let me say when I talk about Breckenridge Brewery now, and it's actually really hard. Um, yes, we are not going to take a second and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery. We are just going to talk about how awesome they are and how cool they are to us in particular. Breck Brew. When's the last time you had a Breck Brew, Andre? Like two days ago. Oh, yeah, me too. Good stuff. When's the next time you're going to have one? Like tonight. Oh, I was kind of hoping we could grab one out of the fridge right now. Oh, actually, we totally could. Maybe that's what we need to do. We are well-stocked here. We definitely well-stocked. Oh, oh Lindsay's coming out. Lindsay's she, coming Lindsay? to grab some right now. Ooh. Yeah, the, uh, this is the tough part. Colorado Core, Breck Lager. I'm going to go with the Colorado Core. Yeah, I'm going Core, too. Famously I'm a lager kind of guy, guy, but 
You know, it is a, it is a tad early, so I'll go with I know, a, I was a thinking Colorado like, core. Should we lie and say it's, it's like later a, in the afternoon? It's like the champagne of beers, you know. It is like oh, the champagne well, of beers. Lens is open. Oh, isn't that isn't that this slogan is taken? Wow. Isn't there a beer that's already? Oh. I hope you guys heard that because that was amazing. Yeah, I hope so too. That was Cheers, pretty amazing. Buddy. Well, she didn't open mine. Yeah, here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, oh, she's actually coming back to open my beer. Oh, this, this is, is great. outstanding. I have the best job. This is what goes <laughs> on at the BSN ah, offices. Yum. We uh. Okay, can we cheers now? Cheers. Should I just take a drink? Of yours? Cheers. Trey. I can neither confirm nor deny. Okay, I'll take my first drink. <laughs> you take your second. Okay. Ah, cheers, guys. Damn good beer. A brick brew. Drink it. Enjoy it. Come to our Broncos watch party. Sunday. The Better day get that it all done. NFL games are. at eleven. That's what happens when I take a sip of beer. I'll be there. Ice house. Yeah. yeah I think it. I might bring my roommate, the Packer fan, so we can all yell at him. Oh, or curse man. Or throw things. Oh, he's got to come in. Yeah. He's going to be pretty. Yeah. I want to see if game. Matt LaFleur is for real or if the first two weeks were just uh, pretending. I, so anyways, I we'll enjoy breakfast for real or if uh, yeah, we're these were find not out. pretending. We're going to find weeks. out. Boy, that Colorado core is good stuff. It is great. Yeah. Champagne and beer. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's taken. Yeah. I think somebody already said they're the champagne of beer. Sue us. Uh, they, yeah, <laughs> they might. Yeah. Um, fair, fair. Um, okay, before we jump back into football talk, I also want to talk a little bit about rugby. Uh, you guys have to head to Infinity Park the weekend of October 5th and 6th to check out the International Women's Rugby Sevens event, the World Wine and Spirits Festival, and eat delicious international food while listening to incredible bands uh infinity park is the only u.s stop for this rugby series and teams from around the world are participating including from the u.s new zealand canada japan england ireland russia brazil france fiji australia and spain i don't know how many countries that is but Feels like quite a few. It's, a it's impressive. There's no way what you said is all happening at the same time in one place. Infinity Park. Wow. Uh, actually, it's two days, October 5th and 6th. Boy, but that's a good deal. It's a great I deal. I mean, I know that sounds like a setup question, but I hadn't heard this read yet, so that was a genuine question. That's <laughs> yeah. pretty amazing. It, it, it did sound so That's up. quite the event. Oh, it is. It says, oh. uh, this series is crucial for athletes as they prepare for the 2020 Olympics. Guys, Rugby Sevens is and a girls. physically demanding... And girls. Yeah. Girls can like draft pods as well. Uh, uh, actually, most of our draft pod listeners are women. I've seen the stats. So why am I stuck on the buffs guys. pod then? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rugby Sevens is a physically demanding uh, game of speed, endurance, and intensity with some of the world's most talented athletes. If you're a sports fan of any kind, you will be blown away and highly entertained watching these women compete. What's even better is you will be able to enjoy this with the entire family at an incredible price. Adult passes are only $20 and you receive another $5 off when you use code BSN5. Kids 12 and under are $10 and three and under are free for the entire weekend. Uh, You can taste over 50 varieties of wines and spirits on Saturday from 1 to 5 p.m. with your $50 festival pass, which includes the rugby games, and enjoy delicious food from around the world Visit Infinity Park at Glendale.com for all your information and grab tickets. That's Infinity Park at Glendale.com. What a deal. Do it. I think we might have to. What who do, 
I should probably know. Is that Arizona for the Buffs that weekend? No, that's oh what what when was it, sir? The fifth and sixth of October. Oh, okay, pulling up a calendar. October. Here that we is, go. Drum yes. roll, please. Arizona on the fifth. So I won't be on the fifth. We might have to go check out some rugby on that Sunday, though. Let's do it. You know, if the Broncos lose and uh, we're kind of done with the season by then. There's no such thing, man. Oh. Okay. Well, there is for me. So <laughs> I will be watching rugby alone. Wow, wow, Hopefully wow. you guys come with. Um, but let's get back to some football talk. And want to start with the game that you thought up. Because that's going to be oh, on my mind. Yes. And I'm going to be distracted yes, if we don't yes. just do that next. Yeah, this is a new, uh, a new something something I'm introducing. It's called Hank's Corner. I was thinking we could call it like Shame Hank or something, but uh-huh. whatever. okay. Uh, Hank's what Corner. Okay, nice, okay. Hank's Corner. Um, so you guys know we've been high on Jalen Hurts, and now he started the season. Sadly, I'm so disappointed in him. He threw one more in completion than he did score touchdowns against UCLA. It's like he doesn't even listen to how much we care about that stat. Like, how dare he? Five incompletions, only four touchdowns. That's pretty ridiculous. Um, So, sorry, Jalen Hurts. We we don't love you anymore. But (laughs) here's a fun game. The dynamic quarterback for the Sooners is averaging an absurd amount of rushing yards per game. In case you hadn't heard. Yeah, exactly. Drake coming in with the breaking news. In case this is the first podcast of ours you've listened to (laughs) this year, which is totally fine. Welcome. He is averaging, in fact, 124 yards on the ground in the first three games. That's pretty good. So, is that now we're going to put Hank to the test. Shame Hank. Because I was amazed by by these stats. Is Jalen averaging more or less rushing yards than some of these top running backs in the country? First is Zach Moss from Utah. What do you think? Hurts with more or less yards than Moss per Well, game? I feel like since we're playing this game... Let's start with this. I do not know. But since we're, when, since we're playing a game about it, I uh-huh. feel like you're going to want to start the game with a guy who's going to have fewer rushing yards to prove the point about Jalen Hurts. Mm. And so without knowing anything about football, I'm going to say Jalen Hurts has more rushing yards per game than Zach Moss. You are correct. I'm in your head, when I right? created this, you, uh, you, you gamed the system. I Good nailed, for you. Nailed your thought process. That uh, college education is paying off for you already. Oh, I've been um, taking well Scantron's done. exams for four years. Now that I look at it, they're actually averaging exactly the same. So this was a trick. <laughs> it is a tie. <laughs> you just, <laughs> see? Uh, and that's how we started off to really uh, mess with you. You got me. What about your favorite, Jordan Taylor? Jonathan yeah, Taylor? Jonathan. I don't know. I, I, Why did I say It's in Jordan? the rundown as Jordan. I don't oh, know. Boy. Yeah. Because of <laughs> Sunshine. That, uh... Who would you really want on your football That dad team? brain Jonathan Taylor or Jordan Taylor? So, Jonathan Taylor... Peyton Manning would say Jordan Taylor. I would say Jonathan. Do you remember Jordan Taylor? Yeah, Sunshine. You, how could you not love him more than Jonathan Taylor? 
I mean, he was I, tall. I like guys who are good at football. I like guys who are tall. Well, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> that would explain a lot about your uh, dating habits, right? Because oh, you're, you're with a, a, a tall gal. I huh? brought a really tall gal to the zoo. Good for you. <laughs> she for has you. two inches on me. Did, and guess uh, what? We're hanging out tomorrow night. Wow. I don't just the... plug Breck beers to you guys. Date on number podcasts. three, yeah? Uh, yeah, number three. Wow, wow. I told her about the Colorado core and she's super excited to try it. So amazing. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> These are- uh, I don't unless Dre's can you hear Brandon? Brandon just made fun of us for using the word gal. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I Dre used did the word it. Gal? So I just copied yeah. it. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're told that this is weird. Uh, fair enough. Okay. So Jonathan Taylor averaging more or less rushing yards per game than Jalen Hurts, who is, in fact, a quarterback. Well, I've been really high on Jordan Taylor. Jonathan, I mean, Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> and we, we should change this in the well, shared note we have. Uh, this is great. Here, I'll, so, I'll first of all, I will you. say, not only is Jonathan Taylor averaging more yards than Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. he's averaging more yards than Jordan Taylor as well. Both of them combined. He's definitely averaging NFL? more yards than Jordan Taylor. I do Jordan not know Taylor. the answer to that question. Okay, you tell me what Jalen Hurts is averaging more yards per game than Jonathan Taylor. Oh, wow. Can you believe it? Jordan Taylor signed with the Vikings. So no, Jal- I mean, yes, I'm shocked. Now, Sorry, I got to keep this hype going. In fairness, Hurts <laughs> in three games has rushed for four touchdowns. Jonathan in two games has rushed for five. But this was not a game of rushing touchdowns. This was a game of yards per game. And Hurts is, in fact, amazingly averaging more rushing yards than Jonathan Taylor who in like basically averages 2000 rushing yards per season. And to pile on top of that, Jordan Taylor <laughs> was released oh from the Minnesota Vikings on August 27th, free agent. Zero rushing yards does not change anything. Yeah, well I could have seen that coming. Who's up uh, next? <laughs> love you along with this game. Love you sunshine. <laughs> J.K. Dobbins, mm. stud Ohio State running back. Is he averaging more or less rushing yards? So far, we've had a tie and we've had less. Tie and less. So the only thing that's left mm. is more. Gaming the system. I love it. We're going to go with Jalen Hurts. Let's just. Oh, I'm terrible at this game. J.K. Dobbins is averaging more rushing yards than Jalen Hurts. He's averaging 141 yards per game. Not bad at all. Wow. That's yeah. pretty, pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay. Travis ATN, one of my favorites, the Clemson running back. Is he averaging more rushing yards per game than Jalen Hurts? Well, I remember after that first game, he said he was disappointed in himself for running for 100 and something yards. I would guess that he's no longer disappointing himself and he is now running for even more yards. So more which than would Jalen Hurts? That'd be a very high average. Uh huh. So I'm going to say Travis Etienne, more rushing yards per game than Jalen Hurts. Wrong I again. Jalen Harris, <laughs> oh, of course I'm wrong. Wrong again, less. Um, which is, it's insane. Jalen Hurts is averaging more rushing yards than all these top running backs. Oh, it's, it is. Okay, final name on this list. Caden's gonna love this one. Yeah, Caden Reamsburg, the Air Force speedster. Four three forty time. Boy, he was I mean, painful and yet fun to watch on Saturday. You know, I haven't flexed this because I don't want to rub it in Buffs fans' faces. But it's the draft pod. It's a safe it's space. It's the draft pod. This yeah. is my safe space. And uh 
You know, I wrote oh. that. I wrote that film room on the Air Force offense. Oh, I know. Uh, oh, I know you know, and uh, <laughs> dropped it before the Buffs played Air Force. I identified one player to watch. You mentioned one player one by player. name. One, Caden Remsburg, who scored twice in the uh, season opener against Colgate on the rocket toss play, just the classic version of the rocket toss play. You know Amazing. who scored the only touchdown in overtime? Yeah, I do. Caden Remsburg on rocket toss, the same play that I highlighted. And the buffs got burned. The buffs got burned on that play. Okay. Give off this that, man a job, Mel Tucker, and you'll win games. I, don't you want me to work here? I would love for you to work here. I'm very happy that you do. Okay. So is he averaging more? <laughs> is this your oh. your son, as Michael Irving would say, is he averaging more you or know, less rushing yards per game than Jalen Hurts? The thing Hurts? is, I mean, week one, 17 different players carried the ball for Air Force. Mm. Kind of flexing the knowledge now. Mm-hmm. We can stop with me being mm-hmm. No, no, guy. please do. Um, So we're actually going to go with Caden Remsburg, fewer rushing yards per game. Ding, 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 ding. We have one right. Back on track. I'm glad you got that one right. Well, that's good. So we've come to the conclusion. All those top running backs I just listed, only J.K. Dobbins is rushing for more yards than our guy, Jalen Hurts. He's back to being our guy. It's official. He is our guy. He is. I I think he might be my favorite college football player to watch. LaVisca Chenault's right up there, Mm. but just because he started so slowly... I think if you said, which mm, player do you mm, want to watch mm. every snap from for the rest of the season, that's all you get, I think I might go Jalen Hurts. Boy, that's a fun game to play. Yeah, Jalen would be up there. Um, DeAndre Swift would be up there for me. Okay. Trevor Lawrence would be up there for me. Yeah. But yeah, I could see the argument for Hurts. Hurts has more intrigue, though, because we haven't seen it as it's, much. It's so exciting. You know? It feels so new. Right, right. And that Oklahoma offense is just like, well, yeah. Yeah, must see TV. Okay, cool. Um, before we move on to the final segment, we have to do what we always do in the second segment, which is talk about the losers. Yeah. Um, and not just teams that lost college football games, but yeah. players who looked bad and hurt <sighs> their draft stock. Yeah. And let's see. Do we start? Let's just get. Let's rip the bandaid off. Uh, Two buffs on the list. Yeah. Nate Landman. Steven Montez. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nate Lamb in the linebacker. Steven Montez, the quarterback. Mm-hmm. For you guys who are not here because it's in the Buffs feed. That's right. Um, let's just talk about Nate Lamb. But what what did Coverage you see? Coverage skills him? to turn and run. It was our concern coming into the year. It I'm was. not seeing it. It was. And that's something that Buffs fans uh, got on my back for mentioning yeah. that. Yeah. Nate Landman's coverage skills aren't that good. Like, there's the pro football focus stats that say, whatever, he's the best returning coverage linebacker. Okay. All you need to know about PFF stats <laughs> is they had uh, Josie Jewell's ability and coverage highly ranked as well. Oh, boy. They um, did. So, um, you know, they have some yeah, misses, too. I mean, the reason he, he ranks highly in that stat is because he played first and second down. He didn't play many third downs. It's a small last year. sample size too, right? It's a small yeah. sample size. You're not playing a ton of coverage um, downs. He ha- he was protected in those short zones. Mm-hmm. You know, they mm-hmm. protected him because mm-hmm. he was a run f- stopper first. He was looking forward. You don't want to put too much mm-hmm. extra responsibility going backwards yeah. on top of that. That's just yeah. a recipe for disaster. Protecting him a little bit because the coverage skills are a little weak. Yeah. Last year he had the two interceptions early in the season. Um, the one that's sticking out to me is uh, 
when he drops into a short zone, he's standing in front of the receiver and the quarterback just throws him the ball. Like, and that counts as an interception. And, you know, he does, he deserves credit for covering the guy and for being in good position. No knocks there, but 95, 98, maybe even more than that percent of the time, the quarterback just doesn't throw that ball, you know? And so he's kind of getting credit from a, for a bad decision from the quarterback. Yeah. And those are all the things that kind of skew up that number. And now we're seeing in this Mel Tucker defense where he's a little more exposed, he's having some trouble. And it's not like he's terrible it's just right, that no, he's he, still an indispensable starter oh, on that defense 100%. but we had such high expectations he's still one of the top top 10 leaders in the country in tackles per game yep. we need more especially in a game like air force and beyond like yeah turning and running and coverage that's a little more forgivable what i've been disappointed in has been his ability penetration for me is it that? Uh, penetration's well, was, a good uh, one. Yeah. I, I was going to say sideline to sideline. Okay. I haven't yep. seen as much speed sideline to sideline as I'd like to see. And in a game like the Air Force against the Air Force triple option, flash it. it hurt a little bit, you know? Yep. And last year he was in the backfield so much. Yeah. You're just not seeing that. And some of it's mm-hmm. because he's not being asked to. You know, it's a new scheme. Exactly. It's not emphasizing getting Nate Landman into the backfield. But... Right. When, when we're grading him among college football linebackers, he's really good. When we're grading Absolutely. him around the... the uh, As a future line, NFL prospect. NFL right. prospects, the top five, ten guys, however many inside linebackers get drafted this year. Yeah. He's, he's, he's hurting himself. He's having a stay in school type of season. He is. He, and that's something that we haven't mentioned yet. Which, that, I mean, good news for Buffs fans. Great news for Buffs fans. Keep Nate Landman around another year. Give mm-hmm. him a chance to grow and develop. Yeah. And hopefully boost his draft stock. Yeah. Also, oh, definitely. we are 25% of the way through this season. There's still <laughs> quite a ways to go. Please say it in, so. 25 seems like a lot. Three of 12 games are done. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's yeah. tough. Um, that is kind of dark. And then I'll mention the I other one. I was, you know, I thought Steven Montez disappointed. Um, the concerns we had coming into the year that I had when evaluating him as a pro prospect um, kind of showed, reared their their head around the corner in, in that Air Force game, you know. Um, that's uh, That was a toughie. You missed, you know, I mentioned missing Visca deep, I think. He was a little rattled, holding on to the ball too long, and once again looks like more of a one-read quarterback, a first-read quarterback rather than a guy who can scan the field and be more cerebral, and uh, that ultimately hurt hurt the buffs. And look, you can talk about triple option offense all you want and um, how hard that is to stop, and that's reasonable. Here's the bottom line, though. You need to be able to outscore Air Force because yep. you ultimately have more talent. And you do have guys who do look like NFL talents, like LaVisca, like Katie Nixon, like Steven Montez. Yeah. Like those awesome young running backs. It. I don't care if the triple option is giving the defense trouble. You give their defense more trouble. That's how you win against the triple option. That's and that's how, how you, you win done. in college football. It's yeah. an offensive game. That's you know, exactly right, Hank. The thing about Steven Montez is he just needs one more skill. Like, he needs to clean up one thing, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, the rest of it can be 
That's a good figured point. Figured out at the next level. Like that's a good point. You you either you never miss your deep balls. If he hits mm-hmm. every single deep ball, that's fine. Right. He he stops deep throwing short passes into the ground. There's a wide open receiver and he doesn't even see him. You just cut that out and he's fine. Or maybe he can make a second read when you're just like looking up the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Like if he gets any of those skills figured out, I mean he's he's an NFL rookie, 100%. you know, hundred percent. Plenty more to iron out, right? You know. When you look around the NFL this week, though, the quarterbacks, Steven Montez is going to be on a roster. Sure. Like, I mean, like, Trevor Simeon was starting a game on Monday. And well, and who like, came in know. for him when he went out? Luke Falk. Luke Falk. Okay, he's actually kind of exciting. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, like, these guys, guys whose names you don't even know. Uh, yeah. And that's why I can't give examples because I don't even know these guys' names. It's a lot of dudes that I was underwhelmed by at the Senior Bowl the last couple of years. You know, it's uh, Mason Rudolph and Gardner Minshew and Luke Falk and Trevor Simeon. And these are all starters. Oh, they, they're starting all right. Oh, yeah, they're coming live to a TV near you. Jets just signed David Fales. Would you rather have David Fales or Steven Montez on your roster? David Fales, former San Jose State kid who really allowed... Uh, Mike McIntyre to take uh, take <laughs> San Jose far, right? <laughs> yeah. Am I yeah. right though, yeah, or no, am I confusing I him with someone? Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I would take <laughs> I would take Steven Montez over Fails yeah. for sure. And there's so many of these guys. Some not Brandon Allen. There's another Allen who got Kyle Allen for the Panthers. Oh yeah, no Kyle. You, I mean, you'd rather yeah. see Steven Montez than hundred you know? percent. And you, the bar is set so high right now for Steven Montez. Like you're asking him to look like an NFL quarterback. And that's just not going to happen because most, or maybe not most, a third, a quarter of NFL teams don't even have one NFL quarterback. Right. And and that needs to be recognized. That's why it's such a gamble taking a quarterback because there are so few who actually do pan out. But you just got to keep trying and somebody's going to have to try with Montez. Dude. But the yeah. whole like maybe he works his way up to the third round. Well, or is going to have this breakout year and really take the buffs far and like harness his full potential, you know, that was a disappointing game. Yep. Yeah. You just got to just got to keep improving. Get one of these things ironed out and you're going to be fine. Um up next, we have on the other page on my computer, uh LeBrian Ray, defensive lineman for Alabama, yeah, who got hurt. So disappointing. Out at least six weeks. There was a lot of expectations for him coming into the year. Huge bummer. It's a bummer. It's a yeah. bummer for sure. Um, one more loser. Um, not even a person, but just Maryland's running game. <laughs> Dude, they looked so good the first two they weeks, did. and I was I was all ready to talk about it in this pod. And, you know, use all your knowledge of the triple option because they're using some triple option-y concepts, but it's also kind of got some elements of Oklahoma's running game where you'll put like, you'll you'll pull two offensive linemen in one direction and then yep. the run's going the other yep. way. And it's just like, it's smart. So beautiful to watch. And it's how they like had Ohio State on the brink last year. And yet they got beat by Temple. By like not even reaching twenty points. So, anyways, I think Maryland's still a, a team I would highly suggest watching for like the casual college fans. Uh, but yeah, they were a loser because we don't really get to talk about them and get your breakdowns of more option football, which is 
basically what I look bad. forward to most all week. That's too bad. Um, Let's do the names to know. You think so? Yeah, before we jump on the next Let's segment. Let's do it. Two names to know. A couple of local guys. Uh, yeah. First, from the Colorado School of Mines, famously uh, putting NFL prospects out. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's their thing there. Did I see on Twitter you claimed Colorado School of Mines was the only ranked program in the state? I think it is, isn't it? How dare you, sir? CSU Pueblo, ninth? Ah. Ninth in all of D2? Yeah. I was like double you. checking going through all the schools I could think of. <laughs> CSU Pueblo, not one of the Colorado schools that I can get into my brain. You know what's beautiful is Mines and Pueblo play each other this week. And if it was really? at Mines, I would totally go to it. But sadly, it's in Pueblo, and that's too much of a trek for me. Wow, that's actually going to be low-key great football. Um, yeah, it's going to be amazing. The point is, from Colorado School of Mines, the running back, Cameron Mayberry. Yeah, so um, I felt we had to talk about him. He's been a Holton Hill Award finalist. That's like the Heisman for Division Two for a couple years now. Uh, put up some great stats. He's got speed for days, but he's 215 pounds. Like the dude is a legit weapon and could looks like an NFL back. Um, but here's the thing. Jim Nagy, the director of the senior bowl, we already gave the senior bowl a shout out. Um, they, you know, he reports what games he has their scouts out watching and they were at mines this week watching them. And he, he, tweeted out there that Mayberry is who they were watching. So I was like, yeah. damn it all. Now he's blown the cover. I'll be darned if someone's talking Armac running backs before I am. <laughs> well, he still beat me to the punch. But we're talking about him too. Um, great. Just, uh, you know, a local kid. You can watch D2 football for like nothing. I saw that tweet from Nagy too. Yeah. And thought, Exciting. wow, that kid is thick. Whoa. Also, I was surprised you wore number 41. I figured at a small school like that, if you're this good, you can get a number other than 41. I think we're starting to get to a point where people could play a drinking game while listening to the draft pod. And you take, you <laughs> chug something anytime we mention Jalen Hurts. Yep. yep. And you take a sip anytime um, Hank says thick, because that's now at least twice you've said thick. Really? Yeah. Was I talking about the uh, Tinder girl? Okay, no. no. Oh wow. Oh wow. Um, uh, ooh, making me blush uh, here. Yeah. Um, I had to get the joke in though. No, you were to, yes, that's true. You were talking about the eighteen year old kid who's going to see you. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> get the two confused sometimes. Um okay, another name to know. Uh Marvin Kinsey, running back from Colorado State. Lit up Arkansas for 180 yards. And I mean, anyone who watched the Rocky Mount showdown, you can tell Kinsey looks the part. He's super physical and powerful, but the guy has the the feet, foot quickness, feet quickness, feet, foot quickness, foot, foot quickness. Yeah, there you yes. go. Um, yep. And the speed. And we saw it against Arkansas. He outplayed Rakeem Boyd, uh, former last chance you standout, who's a, a star that. for Arkansas. Problem is he had two key fumbles, which kind of hurt the Rams. Um, but definitely, like the guy's a pro prospect. He's in the top twenties, right there with a uh, Caden Reamsburg. Reamsburg in the top twenty in rushing yards per game this season. It's pretty solid. Yeah, it's pretty solid stuff. And he's a senior, so he's draft eligible. You know what else is solid stuff? Oh, give it to me. 
Strava Craft coffee. Booyah. Yeah. Um, have you ever tried Strava Craft coffee? I sure have. Allie brought some in and she was busy with something and I just finished her coffee like an absolute savage. That sounds like what would happen. That's, yeah. uh, I do not doubt that at all. Yeah, How was it? Kind of guy I am. It was exquisite. It was wow. really good. See, yeah. I only know like four or five letter adjectives. You're dropping exquisite. <laughs> That's <laughs> not true. <laughs> um, phenomenal writer with a great vocabulary. What was so exquisite about Strava Craft Coffee? It was just coffee? really good, man. And it, it perked me up, but it didn't jitter me up. Oh. Which Are I'm you into get- the jitters? No, I'm anti-jitters. Sometimes I'm anti- actually, anti- I kind of like the jitter. Like, oh my God, you're such a weirdo. You're such a weirdo. I was doing something. It was embarrassing. You're such a weirdo. You keep telling me about Strava Craft Coffee. I'm going to think of this well, weird one, thing that happened to me. Well, for one, it can have CBD in it, which is not psychoactive. It helps with a million things. And it's a great product that tastes great. And when you're using Strava Craft and giving them business and drinking their delicious coffee, you're supporting BSN and you're supporting us and allowing us to give you all this great in-depth coverage. So it's kind of a no-brainer. Get some Strava Craft coffee today. Do they have a deal for us? Oh, of course they have a deal for us. If you use code BSN2019, you will get it shipped. Nope. You'll get, you'll receive 20% off. You always get it shipped straight to your door. There you go. Yeah. Boom. I can't remember. I, I had these serious jitters in the last day or two and I can't, <laughs> I can't remember where I was, but I specifically like oh, I was Lord. holding something in my left hand and I couldn't get it to stop shaking Yikes, because it was so jittery. I think I almost feel like I was recording a podcast, the microphone in the other hand. And I was like, well, I should switch hands. I'm going to remember what, it was. Sounds like someone needs to switch to Strava Craft Coffee, because, huh? Because yeah, I think so. Because because the weird thing that was <laughs> happening was that I don't I know. Drink like, Breck Brews. People to are take going the to notice how much something. my hands is shaking right now, and I can't remember oh, where geez. I was. But yes, if if those will not give me the jitters, if Strava Craft won't give me the jitters, once in a while when I public speak at school, oh. I would like I needed a stand or holding the paper in front oh. of people, it would shake. Oh, that reminded me of the worst thing that's ever happened. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. That's this is going kid. back to like mid high school. Oh no. Oh no. There was oh, no. there was a there was a local sportscaster in Denver. We oh, don't boy. need to get into exactly who it was. Okay. She is a female. I was All very right. into her. Shout um, out to her. Lost a game of What are the odds? You ever play What are the odds? Basically the way it works is like somebody says like what are the odds? You go do whatever dumb thing and you say like one in ten. We were in town for a Bronco game, and yeah. so it was one in ten. And oh, obviously, Broncos. I picked number seven because of John Elway, uh-huh. like I always do, which is why I always lose this game. Uh. And so I say seven. Other kid says seven. And what we're talking about is going to like introduce myself to this local sportscaster. Uh-huh. Who I was pretty into at the time, so I lose. <laughs> oh, I'm like, God. okay, man up, go oh, go God. over there and uh-huh. go talk. Great conversation. Um, go okay. take a selfie. Put my hand up. Can't stop shaking my hand. Oh, take the man. picture. She sees how blurry the picture is, the selfie of the two of us. And she's like, Want to take another? <laughs> I was like, Of course, take another. Equally so shaky. But I was able to hide it. And, oh, and God. I still have. What that a picture. couch 22 of embarrassment. And I have not thought That's about rough. that in a while. Again, would like that to stop. So I'm going to stop and grab coffee. Oh, that was nerves. It calms your nerves. It does. Your nerves. That's that. exactly right. That's a lot of Strava Craft coffee talk. 
and I think probably enough. So and we're some personal <laughs> innuendos there thrown your way. Yes, we did. Learning yeah. a lot about my life and girls today. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> to, uh, next week, we are ready to break down some of the best week four matchups. Yeah, we were lacking some top 25 matchups last week. This week's a great one. So let's jump in. And it starts Friday with maybe the biggest game in the Pac-12 South of the entire season. I think like, the yeah. Pac-12 South yeah. is on the line this week, kids. And it's on Saturday. So Hank can watch it maybe on a date. <laughs> yeah, no, that was boring. <laughs> nah. Saturdays are for... Oh, that, This is sa- Friday. That's what I'm saying. I think you said... Sa- uh, well, I meant to say whatever. Friday. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Friday. Oh, boy. Yeah, we're actually... actually so, anyway, spoiler. That. It's Utah at USC. You watch that left tackle, Austin <laughs> Jackson. Yes, I did. Against Bradley... An A? An A? An A. I think it's an A. Well, you'd know an better I. than me. I know, but but I said it wrong the first time. Said so it anyways, right the second time. that's a great order. matchup. Um, you're going to want to watch all of USC's wide receivers, right? Starting with Pittman and Tyler yep. Vons, who we've talked yep. about. Honestly, their non-draft eligible receiver, St. Brown, probably the best of the bunch. I, I agree. I'm really excited for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's weird because I almost feel like his, at least in my eyes, his draft stock is going to be tied to how well his big brother plays in Green Bay. You think? At Cominius State Brown. Because when you see them, it's just like, it's just hard to separate them from each other, you know? I think the USC kid, though, has a little more athleticism and a little less size. And I think that he is like, the I more highly fits, rated prospect exactly. as well. I think he fits better. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's we are human. Scouts are human, too. And uh, yeah. And then there's a running back who's not gaining as many yards per game as Jalen Hurts, but he's still pretty darn good. And Zach Moss, which you'll want to watch. He's pretty good. Yeah, so this is a fun game to pass your Friday, 7 p.m. Mountain. Do we have how our picks from last week went pulled up? No, I'll, I'll, I'll get those up. Okay, you, you talk those, about the I'll next I'll talk match. more about this. Oh, and the next, I, I want to talk about this one. Oh, talk about it more. Yeah, go yeah, for so it. Yeah, so USC-Utah, like Dre was saying, could be the game that decides the Pac-12 South at the end of the year. Because mm-hmm. we've talked a lot on the Buffs pod about how we really don't know how the Pac-12 South will shake up. But we know Utah's at the top. And then USC, Arizona State maybe second. It depends on whether the true freshman quarterback at USC can keep it up over the course of a season. And I like him. I like what I've seen. And I think I that too. there's a good chance. I, I mean, do too. You have to remember that if we're calling USC the second best team in the South, we're calling Arizona State probably the third best team. Yeah. Arizona State also starting a true freshman quarterback. Yep. It's not like that's a huge edge. And I I think that USC will end up being the number two, but if they beat Utah on Friday, that's huge. That could switch things up a top. It'd be huge for USC and frankly, like devastating for the Pac-12. You think so? If Utah's no longer undefeated, they're done. Like, I mean, for the Pac-12 to basically be eliminated from the playoffs four weeks into the season, that'd be rough. But do we really want to go through all season with Utah being 
seen as the top team from the Pac-12 just because mm. they aren't the brand that USC is. Even having USC, a worst USC team making that run, is going to get more attention mm. than Utah actually being worthy of a college football playoff spot, I think. You know, I, I, I think there are pros That's and cons for sure. Um, I promise I'll do a better job of marking down our picks against the spread. We both pick Washington State. We were right about that. Yep, we were. We both picked the Grizz. We were wrong. <laughs> they covered. What was the line at when we decided? I forget because I didn't oh, write it down. I, I, I'm I don't such think an we idiot. could find a line. It was fluctuating between oh, we 35 right. up You're to right. 39 at kickoff. So I'm going to give us the 39 at kickoff. And I, even the 35, they lost 35 3. There you go. We, oh, we, we did go all in. We yeah. covered. Okay, sweet. Um, OSU at. I uh, Indiana, I think we both took the Buckeyes, yep. but I maybe took Indiana against the spread. We are definitely writing it down this week. What an idiot. Um, <laughs> we both took Iowa. I think it's possible I took the Cyclones with the points, though, and I was right because Iowa only won by one point, and we both took Oklahoma on everything, and I think we were correct about that. So, yeah. boom. We now know UCLA... It's kind of over. Honestly, I don't know what they do. That, because that doesn't Chip matter. Kelly's <laughs> era he's just gotta, done? I think it has to be. Okay, so he's Utah's favored by four on the road. Who do you have? Utah favored by four. Let's take the upset. upset. Let's take USC. I think I'll take USC straight up. And I don't feel confident in that, but... I kind of want to prove a point that that I do think that USC can compete in these games, and so I'll put my money where my mouth is and say USC wins it straight up. I'm taking them too. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I. Oh. I mean, they're a tough team to match up against in the trenches, and I gotta see uh, Huntley, the Utah quarterback, do enough because I think he'll be tested, and I don't think he can make some of those throws that Zach Wilson made for BYU. I to like keep it. them in like the game, the you know. So there you go. There we go. Uh, maybe the boldest decision. No, we both took the Grizzlies straight up. Yeah. Or at least I did. Did I talk? Yeah. Spoiler I did. alert: No one's. It's never gonna get more bold than us. Just jump in, be more of an upset. head first into the Grizz, upsetting pick. Oregon <laughs> on the road. Um, but let's talk about Oregon again. Oregon at Stanford. Yeah, this is the game that kind of put. Justin Herbert, like, officially on the map a year ago, and this is a much more depleted um, Stanford team. It'll be interesting to see what Herbert does. How did Herbert look to you against the Grizz last week as you sip on Colorado core? Which is, like, my fifth sip, I just want to say. This is still mostly full. We aren't being irresponsible here. Um, Never. But, you know, (laughs) Justin Herbert... He he started a little bit slowly. You know, he never looked bad, yeah. but he... He never strikes you they, as like, oh my God, this is a top two pick in the no, draft, he made right? Some throws. He made some throws yeah, that, made you, that makes you think that, but he's missed their you, you flash. thought they should have run away with that game early. And it's the same thing where it's like, I'll tell you this, Montana fans are hyped on that game. Montana fans think, mm. oh wow, this was, this was a 14-point game at the end of the first quarter, something like that. And it's a 14-point game where there were a couple calls that didn't go the Grizzlies' way. There were a couple third and shorts they couldn't pick up. They were moving the ball really well, but 
didn't have the kicker to turn those into points, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. hurts. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's that's the take around Montana is that wow, they really they they didn't really hang around, but right. you saw how they could have hung around if a couple things just broke their way. And uh, part I of that's because Dante Olson looked pretty good, right? Oh, boy, yeah. did he! Oh boy, did he! Stud inside linebacker for Montana. In case you guys haven't paid attention so far, yeah, no, yeah. he's he showed that. I think what I tweeted was he looks like he belongs here more than he's looked like he's belonged in any game over the last year and a half. Wow, that's I mean, and that he dude's should. big. He should. No, that's and he's fast too. Yeah, it's crazy. Like he he was making it to those sidelines. Yeah, he uh he's an impressive player, and I'm excited to get back out to Montana in November. See him take on Weber State, one of the top FCS teams. Yeah, Weber. That's, yeah, that's uh, gonna be a famously good one. Damian Lillard's alma mater, I think. Yes. Did I putting impress the, you with putting that? the big sky on oh, the map? Look oh at yeah. You. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's the take, and part of the reason the take is that Montana actually looked pretty good. Because Justin Herbert didn't do everything he could. I think he came out and completed, like, he might have completed his first 10 passes. His completion percentage, well, that's interesting. That's what he does. It's, yeah. It's It's, like he's not, ugh, yeah. If your quarterback, if your quarterback is completing his first 10 passes, you need more points on the board. Yeah. You you need, you you can't be having punts in those Mm -hmm. situations. Mm -hmm. Because if you're completing that many passes, they should be picking up first downs often enough. You know, yeah. that's my take. He he looked. Hey, it's fair. He was still probably the best player on the field when he was on the field. But right, big whoop. You're be. playing Montana, right? Like, like <sighs> not saying any. That's none of that's impressive. Okay, I love that analysis. Yeah. Thank you. Um, back to Oregon at Stanford. They're ten and a half point favorites. Like, whoa, settle down, Vegas. Seriously, um, I'm definitely taking Stanford for the points. Straight up, though, I will take the Ducks. We want to see how Herbert does. We want to watch the tight ends on both sides of the field. Jake Breland for Oregon, Colby Parkinson for Stanford. Oregon's O-line is has a ton of pro prospects on it. Calvin Thockmorton at right tackle. Jake Hansen, yep. the center. And Pac-12 Offensive Lineman of the Week. Their left tackle, Penny Sewell, who is not draft eligible, but that dude is a stud. So... Lots to watch. Who you got? I've got Oregon even giving up the points. Oregon all in. Okay. Oregon's win by 11. Okay. And I am taking Oregon to win, but I'm taking Stanford with the points. And we're typing. Uh, here's one that Buffs fans will be interested in. Air Force at Boise State. This is a good one. This is going to be interesting to gauge how well, how good is Air Force? How good will they be this season? It's at Boise, which is no easy task. We'll be watching Curtis Weaver, their edge rusher, and how he can handle the triple option. I'm calling the upset. I'm taking the Falcons straight up. Uh, Boise favored by seven on the road. Not a ton. I'll do the same thing. I, I think we're still... No, we're not totally matching the pick, so it's all right for me to take Air Force. Absolutely. I think I think that Air Force does win this game. They look good. The triple option, sure, Boise State, they've seen it more than CU has. It was clicking, though. Oh, I, I know. It's It and looks tight. Hammond is one of the better quarterbacks they've the Falcons have had in a while. And he's experienced. Yep. Like, yep. when he had to make throws, he was making them. He was. Yeah. And, you know, the Falcons, sure, they had the 5-7 and seven record last year. 
five games decided by one score. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or five losses, not mm-hmm. not five games. You know, that's they're, they're, there's a good football team. They're yeah. just waiting to turn that corner, and I think 100%. they might. They're going to have a great season. That's another Friday game. So Friday is going to be a double screener for me. Yeah. USC, and Utah, and Air Force, Boise. Yeah, well, we'll see what your dating situation is Friday night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Um, moving on now Shall to... Shall we bore people with your day job and talk about this Buffs game against Arizona State? Let's do it. Okay. Who you got? Um, I've got Arizona State. I... Uh, on the road. Yep. Sun Devils. Arizona State in Arizona. First road trip for Mel Tucker, unless you count going to Denver. Stayed in a hotel for I they do stayed, not. They stay at a hotel for their home games too, though. So like I was kind of surprised. They went to Westminster. They like did half the drive the day before, mm. half the drive the day after. Jeez, that's I don't uh, know if I'm supposed to be saying this, but yeah, I mean that's <laughs> that's that, looking breaking back, news. I may kids. have been told in confidence, but who cares? Yeah. They, yeah, what's they, they made half now? the trip and then they did have like whatever 30 minute drive in from Westminster. Does not count as a road trip though, is my point. First road trip for Mel Tucker in Boulder and those are tough. And this is a flawed Buffs team. Uh it's a flawed Arizona State team too and that's why you don't really know what's going to happen but having Eno Benjamin against a defense that hasn't looked as sharp as it needs to. Once again, and those linebackers have a real test, right? They do. Yeah. And I just expect uh I just expect Eno Benjamin to break a couple big plays. Yeah. And if they get one more big play in the passing game, then I think that that's probably it. The and even re- if they don't, it's gonna be a yeah. tight one. So I'm gonna take Arizona State. A seven and a half point line yes. is tough. Yes. I'll take I'll take the Sun Devils. Across the board. Yep. And okay. I don't I don't feel super comfortable doing it, but I was thinking what's my score prediction going to be? And it, I think it's going to be two score Arizona State win. I'm doing the video with Allie after where I have to have a prediction. Ugh. So, I'm taking the buffs straight up. Really? I think Jaden Daniels that offense did not look good. Um, I think they don't have anyone who can stop LaVisca or it's Katie true. Nixon. But did Colorado State? No. And he only got. He, well, I know, but as yards. you said, they used him as a decoy, and that it's opened true. up space for it everyone else. So it is true. You know, I think one way or they another, have the, to commit players. The bus find a way. I think Montez finds a way to outplay the freshman, and they get it done. Don't like that sentence. Montez finds a way to outplay the freshman, but I don't think it's like tough to. I. I it's fair. It's fair because you think that that's is, like minimal expectations. Yeah, like you would a, be correct. He's a, he's a yes. senior quarterback. Yes, and I think that he does outplay him as well. But it's just giving up too many big plays for me to be trusting him at this point. Mm. And we've gotten to the point where you know, after week one, you say, "Hey, they gave up these big plays defensively," but that's something that's going to get cleaned up. Right. And they do it again the next week, and you're like, "Okay, again, two weeks." Now it's been three weeks. All I right. do think that at right. some point it does get cleaned up, but unlike the last couple of weeks, I'm not willing to say that this is the week where they tighten things down. I think that just like I have, I have full confidence Vic Fancher will get his defense rolling and cleaning things up. I feel the same way about Mel Tucker and his defense. I Boom. I agree long full term, confidence. but I've gotten to the point where I'm not going to get burned by saying this is the week it happens again. Totally fair. And on the road after a tough loss might not be the week it happens. Yep. You know. So 
Okay. Okay. Um, next one, we are going to go to... Here's your Jonathan Taylor talk. Michigan at Wisconsin. Yeah. Oh. Wisconsin, great. O-line. Great running back, obviously. Michigan just hasn't put it all together despite being ranked 11th in the country. And that's been a trend. Wisconsin is favored three and a half points. I'm taking the Badgers across the board. Watch, you know, we talked about interior O-linemen, kind of a down year. One of the guys who is a big name in a down class of interior O-linemen is the Wisconsin center, Tyler Biedas. And he needs to pick it up. He hasn't played great so far this season. This will be a big test against Michigan. I'm taking the Badgers, though. Three and a half scares me. I could definitely see this being like a one or two point win, similar to what we saw in the Iowa-Iowa State game. But, you know, if you take Wisconsin to win, you, you, you're taking them at three and a half, too. You, you kind of have to. So I know, um, I, I'm taking Wisconsin across the board. My only thought was maybe I just want to hedge my bet and say I'm probably getting Do one it. wrong. Do it. But I'll take I'll take Wisconsin across the board too. I was tempted to say it's going to be a one two point game, but I I, I can't. It's just so risky. It's Give me so Wisconsin. Risky. Okay, Auburn at Texas A and M. This is interesting. Number eight Auburn on the road, three and a half point underdogs. Didn't see that coming. Didn't see it coming at all. Um, you know the matchup that we have highlighted here. Uh, Prince Tega Wanago. Yep, Wanago. the left tackle yep. for Auburn. This will be the first real test because, you know, Oregon didn't necessarily have any studs up front to test them. And we're watching Derek Brown. They're stud yep. interior defensive linemen. Yep. We mentioned how the Broncos need help on the D-line. He could be a target. He could be. Yeah. Um, I'm and taking Texas A&M in this one. Ooh. But I know. I know. Good for you. Good for you. I mean, some of these we got to pick different, and upsets happen all the time in college they football. Do. So go for it. Also, like the quarterback. Know, yeah, so, Kellen Mond. Yep. He's got to pick it up. And that's that's why I kind of. And this I is feel one of those. Confident. He needs to outplay the freshman Bo Nix. He has to. Mm-hmm. Similar to Montes. He does. has to outplay Jaden Daniels. Like, <laughs> just that's how it stacks up here. Kick you got to outplay the freshman. Tears in the yeah. SEC and. Yeah, I mean, I I think he does. I think that he's a guy who should not be playing as poorly as he has, and I think that this is the week that he pulls it all together. As much as I do like Bo Nix, and I find him very easy to root for, mm-hmm. that's an Auburn team that I've enjoyed watching. Yeah. At the same time, I think the experience wins out in this one. He doesn't pull another Oregon-type performance. Mm. Fair, fair. That's a solid take. Okay, Oklahoma State at Texas. Longhorn, six-point favorites. I'll take Texas, but I'll take Oklahoma State with the points. Mm, like it. Like it. Uh, I will take... Yeah, I guess I got to take Texas too, though I'm not confident um, at all. But hey, I, I like Sam Ellinger. Uh, they've got one of the top you know, safeties in the country, Devin DuVernay, Colin Johnson, those stellar wide receivers, Brandon Jones. Brandon Jones, though, I want to see what he can do against the stud 
wide receiver for Oklahoma State, which is uh, Tillon Wallace. He's won one of the absolute best in the entire country. Um, I'm taking Texas straight up, though, in everything. All right. Uh, moving on now to Notre Dame at Georgia. Matchup of the week. Easily. I think very easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when people tell me, oh, they should expand the playoffs, blah, 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 I will circle games like this and be like, this is basically a Sweet 16 game. Yeah. No, and we've who had wins this conversation. This is setting themselves up to be a playoff team. You know, and your yeah. take was the reason that college football's regular season is by far the best regular season in sports is that easily they they have to win. Like like you only have the four teams that make it. Um I don't know. I'd still like to see the expanded playoff because I mean, you you know how March Madness is. It's crazy. It takes over the entire country. Imagine what something like that would be. A month of college football playoffs would be like. I know, but no one pays attention to the regular season. College basketball's turned into like a two-week affair. I hate it. Except, I mean, you watch, you you tune in for the big matchups. I mean, I suppose it's like the Maui Invitational, and then I don't pay attention until we get to like the conference tourneys. That's fair. Sad, That's fair, man. It's fair. Sad. I think that football would have a little more power than that. You know, because right now that there's a lot of people out there. You know, here's here's how we're gonna say it: the proportion of people who like college basketball better than college football, I think, is much larger than the proportion of people who like NBA basketball over NFL football. I think that there is that big draw that's created by NCAA, like the March Madness tournament, and I think that college football could do something similar that would turn. Turn college football like it could kick it up a notch. I definitely see that there could be. It might not be worth it. I think it would be. Yeah, eh, yeah. I'm know. just. We can move on though. Notre don't change Dame. something that's good. So you know we'll be watching the quarterbacks Ian Book against Jake Fromm. Not a fan of either. Uh, Julian Okawara, great edge rusher for Notre Dame, going against Andrew Thomas, phenomenal left tackle for Georgia. DeAndre Swift, my guy. I mean, there's just NFL talent across the board there in this is. one. Who you got laid on me? I've got dogs, 14-point favorites. Yeah, and I'll take Georgia to 14 win. 14 and a half. I'll sorry. take Notre Dame to cover, though. I'm taking Notre Dame across the board. You think they, they go pull into it Georgia off. and beat a... Pull it off. Oh. I'm not a, I'm not a from believer. What, what can I say? Wow. Um. Yeah. Yep. Wow. All right. That is all we have for predictions and... Really, all we have for anything that we want to talk about with you guys, uh, which is probably fine since we are coming up on 90 minutes of college football talk. Oh, boy. Time flies when you're having fun, I I don't know if it's enough. (laughs) There's got to be more we can talk about. Okay. It's enough for two halves of soccer, I can tell you that much. As always, if you guys have any questions for us. Oh. Oh, we haven't even checked. I will talk about this. Uh, if you guys have any questions for us, put them in the comment section of the post for this show on uh, bsndenver.com. You must be a subscriber, though. You must be a subscriber, so subscribe. And we will get to them on the next podcast, and we won't forget. What are we now? Since this counts as remembering, we're 75%. So it's pretty solid. Next week, though, definitely remember. Dre, you seeing any comments? Yeah, I am. Um, awesome. And Are they good? 
Craig asks, what would you expect to be the three biggest positions of need and who are the players to watch that would fit the scheme and previous draft philosophy of leaders and captains? Secondly, Andre is my go-to draft guy. Who does Andre go to in the draft world? Um, Mm. We've kind of talked about the positions of need and the targets. How would you rank them right now? (sighs) What's your number one need? I think conventional thinking would be that offensive tackle is number one. I think, look, if you're going to do the zone blocking, what really allowed Mike Shanahan and Kubiak and this offense to have so much success was that you didn't have to invest premium assets in the offensive line. You could gamble on smaller, more athletic guys that fit your scheme, high IQ, and could make it work despite not being high pedigree. Now, it always helped when you had a first-rounder like Ryan Clady manning uh, the blind side, but it still helped. So because of that, I think the interior defensive line is a bigger need, and I think A.J. Epinesa or Derek Brown would be prime-time targets for this defense up front to really make everything click and work. I like it. I think uh, if we had to rank the top three, I still think I would go offensive line first. Mm-hmm. I think that that's what needs to be shored up more than anything else. Interior defensive line second. And you hope that you see something from Demarcus Walker yeah. or uh, Draymond Jones. Draymond Jones. Draymond. Even Shelby Harris makes you think, okay, we can keep him around and we'll be fine. Derek Wolf has been playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. I've been impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have people who could break out, but as of right now, I'd still say interior defensive line second. And then my third one is tough. But I I think it has to be inside linebacker. As much as I would like to say these cornerbacks, you could just turn them into another super group, you just got to do something with these, these linebackers. Got to do something. Got to get more athleticism. Um, and as far as who's my go-to, you know, I've the more I do this stuff, the more I try to have my own opinions and not be um, influenced by outsiders. Um, So that's kind of a cop-out, but that's just how it is. I think Daniel Jeremiah does a phenomenal job. I love following Jim Nagy on Twitter and seeing who those guys are following and what have you. Um, So there's two guys. You know, the people at the Draft Network do an amazing job covering the draft year-round. They have mocks and rankings year-round so the there's a three names for you um but there there are a lot of people who do great stuff um we also have a question from bronco aggie 24 he says hey guys loving the draft podcast we love you thank you and unfortunately at owen 2 i am already starting to look forward to 2020 <laughs> hey i hear you yep as a recent grad of texas a&m i've been able to follow the aggies very closely over the past few years love jay sternberger here here brother it seems like this year the strengths of the Aggies line up to needs that the Broncos could address in the next draft. Quandre Davis, Jamon Osborne, and Kendrick Rogers, who's a boost, have impressed me so far and could be taken as late round wide receivers. Second, I was worried about losing so many players on defense this year, but Bobby Brown, only a sophomore, and Justin Madubuki have been stalwarts in the middle. I'm keeping my eyes on them as we enter SEC play. We will do the third. We will do the same. Third, Kellen Mond has shown so much improvement from last year to this year, and I think as long as he doesn't get discouraged or dinged up like he did in the Clemson game, 
I think he could be one of the top four quarterbacks in the SEC. Lastly, Braden Mann is the truth, and I'd love to see him punish balls at altitude. Thanks for letting me brag about my team, and I'd love to hear your takes on some of the players I've listed. Keep up the awesome coverage. As always, thanks and gig them. Uh, yeah, I've been very high on Kellen Mond. I told you I think Kendrick Rogers, the big wide receiver, is an absolute beast. Want to see those guys this week against Auburn. We'll talk about some of the other guys as we keep going, especially as we analyze that big week. And then Silver Buff just has a comment on the Pac-12. I know why the Pac is faltering, low recruiting budgets, and terrible coaches. You've already mentioned the MTNRG relationship when it comes to spending. So that's yeah. more of a Buff's pod comment. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The I wonder if um if Silver Buff agrees that utah losing this week could be really really devastating for the conference yeah it might i mean because then they're pretty much out of the running for college football playoff spot i mean i mean washington wins out auburn would still have a shot right like because it's out of conference and auburn that auburn loss looks good enough but boy it's tough man and i uh, it's tough we both agree that usc is not making it to the college football playoff Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, if they become, that just cuts out the whole South division. Right now, there's at least one team. But, yeah, I mean, if this is the next step in USC returning to what they were, as much as that might frustrate Buffs fans because, you know, it's like the the Warriors. That's honestly kind of what they were for that Pac-12 for a bit. But, you know, that's good for the Pac-12 branding. It really yeah. is, and if that's yeah. if that's what it takes to get the Pac-12 back into the national spotlight in a couple years, then maybe it's worth it. Um, I think that that, that is all we have today because we've been talking for. Yeah, keep the questions Oof. coming. Sorry we didn't get to those earlier in the pod, but I'm glad we remembered, and we really appreciate that. So thanks, guys. We do. Uh, I'll be back with the Buffs pod on Friday, and a post game pod this weekend, and we'll be back with the draft podcast probably late next week again breaking down what happens this weekend talking about whether we were right or wrong and then moving forward into week five we're getting into the meat of it all right thanks for riding with us bye guys